Turn your Bible, please, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. In one sense, Ephesians and the teachings in Ephesians cover the entire Christian faith. But really, that's true of almost every book Paul wrote. You read the book of Romans, it's a treatise on Christian doctrine. And um, you can hardly find anything in the Christian faith that is not taught in the book of Romans. Same thing is true in Ephesians, but Ephesians is not as long a book. You come to the end of Ephesians, you come to that section that deals with the warfare of the spirit-filled believer. We're going a little bit beyond that tonight, down to verse 18. And Paul closes this section reminding us of all the things we need as a believer to guard and gird ourselves in a world that hates Jesus. He closes by saying this, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me. Paul does not hesitate to ask people to pray for him. When you meet a believer, sometimes we'll say, God bless you. Once in a while we find somebody says, will you pray for me? That's very, very scriptural. We need to pray for one another. Verse 19, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister, in all the Lord shall make known to you in all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. I want you to notice verse 20 especially. Paul is one of the great, great men of God who's ever lived. He was a spiritual Aristotle of his day. I often said to Dr. R.G. Lee, I'm glad God got you on our team. He was a whale on the devil's team, so would Paul. And before Paul came to Jesus, he was on the devil's team, doing a tremendous job according to the Jews, going around arresting Christians, putting them in jail, getting them killed, doing everything he could. He consented to the death of Stephen, one of the first deacons. Paul was that kind of man. But then God spoke to his heart. Stephen was dying for his faith. Looking into the face of God in heaven, those who surrounded him said he looked like he had the face of an angel. And then as he was dying from their stoning, 
He said, I see Jesus, and he's standing at the right hand of the Father. If you know the scripture well, when Jesus went back to heaven, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. When Stephen is dying, it's as if Jesus stood in respect to one of the first men to die for his faith. I'm not sure how much Paul recognized that at the time, but I think he never got over the words, I see Jesus, and he's standing at the right hand of the Father. A few days later, he was on his way to Damascus. He was gonna kill Christians there. The people of Damascus hated for him to come. They were scared to death. And out about 10 miles away from Damascus, Saul heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in all honesty, Saul said, who are you, sir? He didn't know Jesus. He didn't recognize the voice of Jesus. Then Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Then God told Saul what to do. Go to Damascus, they'll tell you there what to do. Isn't it interesting how God leads us one step at a time? Don't wait until you have all of God's direction before you say yes. Go through one door at a time, just one door. That's what Saul Tarsus did. He went through the door. He was on his way to the wrong thing. God changed his direction. He still did not know what he was going to do. He went down to Damascus, and Ananias came and said, God told me to come and tell you you're going to suffer great things for Jesus' sake. And Saul did not run out on God. The next 35 years or longer, he served the Lord. Now he's in prison. He's running back to the Ephesian Christians, and he says, I am an ambassador in bonds that though I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I want you to notice this three thought message from this passage, and I'm very brief. First of all, he said, I'm an ambassador. The Royal, Bank, Royal, uh, Royal Ambassador song used to be, I'm an ambassador for the king. And the question would come, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is one who represents the presence of a king in the court of another. So Paul was saying, I'm representing the presence of Jesus in the court of the world. That's the reason I'm here. That's true of every one of us. If you've been saved, you're representing Jesus. It matters what you wear. It matters what you say. It matters where you go. It matters your surrender to the will of God. And it matters if you say, I'm gonna stand here until I get full direction about what I'm supposed to do later. Don't do that. Just go through one door at a time. That's what Saul did. Some of us miss the will of God because we've determined in our mind, this is what God wants me to do. I'm gonna do it regardless. And you just sit there. And God says, okay, I'll just wait till you do what I tell you to do. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, one day at a time. An ambassador is one who represents the person of a king at the court of another. He gets his orders from his king. He's a stranger in a foreign land. He will have to give a report. 
our ambassadors that go representing the United States and other nations, they have to come back and give a report. It'd be foolish for our president to send an ambassador to Brazil or to Japan or to Germany, and they go and do whatever they want to do, then come back and never see the president, never give, order, never report, give a report. You're not going to have to give a report. It may be sooner than you think. I was speaking to the anchored teachers this week, and I thank the Lord for them. Pray for our teachers there. I mentioned Michael Buckner. Michael Buckner, one of the great young men who went to our school. He was saved. God called him to preach. In March, he preached at the competition meeting in Louisville. In April, he went to heaven and gave his report. Quite a shock. Every one of us is going to have to do the same thing. It may be late, maybe soon. We'll have to give a report. So Paul said, pray for me. That utterance may be given to me because I'm an ambassador and I'm on my way to make a report. Secondly, he said, I'm an ambassador in bonds. I'm an ambassador in bonds. When we think of that, I was wondering, what, Paul, what did you mean by that? I think he meant three or four things. Number one, he meant I was called. I was called by God. I'm an ambassador until that calling is released. He never got over his call. He gave that testimony many times before anybody he could, who would listen to him. He got so far, he gave a testimony before the governors, before the kings, and finally before Caesar. Then he went to heaven, gave his report to the Lord. I think of his acceptance of that call. He never got over it. He never said, well, I'll serve the Lord for a little while and then I'll quit. No, no, you and I cannot quit. We must go on, we must go on. When Columbus started across the ocean, some say he had in mind finding the West Indies, finding how to get to India another way. That may have been back of his mind. However, They've discovered letters from Columbus that he wrote sort of in his, in his diary. And he said, God is leading me to tell a new people about Jesus. Whether he understood that or not, I don't know. He may have thought he was going to India, but he said, God is leading me to tell the people there about Jesus. The people in India needed to know I don't know whether Columbus knew that he was coming to this new land, but he did the same thing here. Today, some people try to discount Columbus and say some ugly things about him. Columbus was a man that tried to follow what he understood was God's direction. Then I think of Paul's stick to He didn't serve a little while and then quit. Anybody can make a big splash. Only those who come up from that big splash and keep on keeping on accomplish what God wants us to do. So we can't quit. 
We had to go on and on and on. I think of his bonds. He said, if I preach the gospel willingly, it's okay. If I do it unwillingly, I still have to preach, but I have to give a report of that too. He went forward in love. His tour of duty ended with a knife on his neck. When we pledge ourselves to Jesus, we have to pledge a knife if necessary. I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. Ms. Lampkin stood here the other day and sang that in Spanish. I've decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back. Then I think last of all of his message. He came the next 35 years after his conversion to give a message over and over and over and over again. Same message. You read the Pauline epistles. He never hesitated to give his testimony. One of the best things we can do when we preach our testimony. One of the best things we can do when we go witnessing, we need to know the Romans road, we need to know how to direct some people to Jesus, but tell them first of all, what happened to you, then ask them if this ever happened to you, is there anything like this ever happened to you? Sometimes people come to our doors that knock on doors. I try to never treat them mean. Keep in mind they think they're doing what they're supposed to do. Most of us don't do that at all. How long has it been since you went out knocking on doors to tell people about Jesus? A lot of people don't do that. Paul did it all the time. And in doing it, especially to the Ephesians, he said, I ceased not night and day three days, three years, to knock on doors, to go public and in private places to tell people about Jesus. I think I've told you this before, I'll tell it again. Some people came to my door not long ago. I recognized who they were. I didn't invite them in. I went on the porch and stood with them and I said, I'm so glad you came. I appreciate what people do when they do what they think God wants them to do. Then I said, I want to tell you something. I said, all this before they could say anything. I said, several years ago, Jesus Christ came in my heart. He changed everything about me. He gave me a new desire, and that desire is to tell you about Jesus. Has anything like that ever happened to you? You know what they did? They turned and walked away. They couldn't take it. Don't be mean to people. Don't slam the door in their faces. Don't come in your house. They'll come in and want to give proof text messages to change you. You beat them to the draw, and give a message can change them. That's what Paul did. His message was to carry the message, to voice what God said to voice. He was a voice as it were crying in the wilderness. His reward, I do not know yet all about Paul's reward except to know this, that for 2,000 years, people of God have respected him and loved him and taken his message and taken that message to other people. God has used the Apostle Paul 
here in the earth for 2,000 years. When we get to heaven, I think it'll be interesting if we could have a private conference with Paul, pull him over to the corner and say, Paul, tell us what's happened in heaven since you got here. You know what he'll say? He says, look around. These are my crowns of joy. People, he has led to Jesus. That's where it'll be when we get home. The people you lead to Jesus or influence to Jesus, they will be the greatest friends you'll have on earth, the greatest friends in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, guide us through all that we do in the next few hours and in preparation for the anniversary services. Help us to do the will of God, to be what God wants, and to never turn back. Help us to make the decision eternally to never turn back. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand, please. I've decided to follow Jesus. I will not turn back. I don't know whether anybody here tonight is not saved. It's very possible that you may be a member of church and not be saved. You may be here and come all the time, never known Christ. Or this may be the first time you've been here. I want to tell you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He was God tabernacling in human flesh, dying on a cross to pay the price for our sin. If you put your faith in him, you'll come. You come into your heart, he'll change you for life and for eternity. What's our song number? Page 10, I have decided to follow Jesus. Page 10. Let's do that and listen, if God has put on your heart to make a commitment public, do that. Do what God says while we sing.